It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We are going to do some pondering about the starting lineup And focus today on Jalen Suggs. After disappointing rookie season, what is there to bet on? Apparently there's a lot. Also still a lot to improve. It's time to get to it. It's the end of the week. It's time for a Friday edition of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are indeed locked on magic. Today is August 5th, 2022. My name is Philip Rossmanreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk a little bit about Jalen Suggs and what he really could bank his future on here in the NBA after a sometime after frankly a disappointing and frustrating rookie season. We'll also dive a little bit into potential Magic starting lineups. And one of the big battles that's already brewing, and one of the big decisions that's already brewing as we inch ever so closer to training camp. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. I also know I'm coming out a little bit late here on this Friday, but I do want to remind you that you could still vote for the greatest shooter in Orlando Magic history. Over the next couple weeks, and we will start on the podcast with this next week as well, we are going to do stories about the Magic's relationship with three-point shooting. So important today, how the Magic were integral to the history and development of the three-point shot and how the three-point shot has interplayed with Magic history as well. We're going to do that as well by naming our Great are the best shooters in Orlando Magic history. I haven't set a firm number on how many we're going to name, but it's a big month-long project on orlandomagicdaily.com as well as here on Locked on Magic. 
You can vote for the greatest shooter in Orlando Magic history. There's a poll pinned to my profile page at omagicdaily as well as on orlandomagicdaily.com. Looking, I've taken a peek at some of the some of the results and some of the responses. Really excited to get this project going. Really excited to see what the final results are. Of course, our fan vote is part of a larger voting panel that includes the staff at Orlando Magic Daily. But let's get to today's show. Today, I want to talk about Jalen Suggs. Um, you know, I'm kind of trying to make my way around the whole roster before we get to uh, before we get to um, player uh, player outlooks and really kind of diving into what we're going to see from players and kind of just get a. Uh, 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 kind of set the table a little bit for for where players need to go. Um, and obviously kind of the storyline with Jalen Suggs is that he kind of entered Orlando with unrealistic expectations, and, and certainly expectations we put on him. I know I have. Um, but Orlando, it felt like, got gifted one of the top players in last year's draft and a player who this franchise could get really excited about. Uh, you know, I said it here. I, I took some heat for it, but I still believe Jalen Suggs is the best guard prospect the Magic have drafted since Penny Hardaway. Now, there's a difference between being a draft prospect and being an actual useful player. And, and that's kind of where Jalen Suggs finds himself today, where he is an outstanding player. There's, there's, there's no getting around that. There's no saying, there's no changing that. He is still a supremely talented player, but he's also one that is still trying to find his way, trying to live up to the hype and to live up to everything built in about him from last year's draft. And, and honestly, also trying to live up to that draft class that he's a part of, that that really gifted draft class. There is no getting around how much Jalen Suggs struggled offensively. Uh, there were injuries for sure. Uh, the hand injury, especially in November, really slowed him down. He's just starting to get comfortable. But he averaged... 12 uh, averaged 11.8 points per game, 21.4% shooting from beyond the arc, 40% effective field goal percentage. It, it's just not a good year. And every time it felt like Jalen was taking a few steps forward offensively, starting to look at, look comfortable, there'd be an injury that slowed him down. There would be a couple bad games, and, and his offense just never came around. Now, granted, the Magic did put a lot on his plate. They did expect him to do a lot. So there was there was a little bit of that involved too. But the Magic, the Magic certainly want to see more from Jalen Suggs. And, you know, as a rookie, you get a little bit of leeway to make mistakes. You get a little bit of leeway to say, okay, we're going to let him develop, especially on this team. We're going to let him play through mistakes. We're going to help him learn through those mistakes. Um, and, and there were good moments too. Don't, 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 don't let me paint a gloomy picture. There were some really good moments um, had those really good plays against the Knicks, had the big plays against the Bulls. He he did do good things. There are plenty of flashes to still make you believe in, and, and that's the most important point to keep driving home is the magic, or th- that that's the most important point to drive home here is Suggs is too young to give up on. Do not give up on Jalen Suggs at all. The, you know, we'll see what the offense does. Maybe we adjust down his potential. He's no longer... A potential all-star, though. You know, again, second year. Who knows? Um, but he is far too young to give up on. And there's a big reason why. If you listen to Jeff Waltman, if you listen to John Hammond, if you listen to Jamal Mosley, when they speak about Jalen Suggs, they will all tell you that through their internal metrics, Jalen Suggs was one of the best defensive players in the entire league. 
that is probably an overstatement. Um, we don't have access to the Magic's internal metrics, obviously, but there is something to that, um, at least with data that, that I have access to and, and, and publicly available data. Jalen Suggs was a really good defender. And if there is something that Jalen Suggs can hang his hat on, it is on this defense, that he can be a disruptive defensive force. According to almost it's according to a lot of the catch-all defensive metrics, and again, note that the Magic were not a great defensive team, so they do not rate the Magic well, Suggs was really good. When Suggs was on the court, the Magic had a 107.6 defensive rating, 107.6 points per 100 possessions allowed. That's four and a half points per 100 possessions better than the team's average. In fact, Suggs was the top rotation player in on-court defensive rating. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's all on Suggs. It means he is in lineups that are strong defensively, but you take him out, you know, even throwing in Gary Harris, who's a good defender, you end up with a worse defense, uh, a team that is worse defensively. Suggs was a positive defensive impactor. Additionally, defenders shot worse than expected against Suggs from every distance, according to NBA.com's tracking stats. Overall, opponents shot 43.5% when Suggs was the closest defender. The expected field goal percentage would be 45.9%. Within 10 feet, when Suggs was the closest defender, opponents shot 52.8% against 58.4% expected field goal percentage. And, and that goes on and on. And pick and rolls. The Magic gave up 0.76 points per possession when Suggs was defending the ball handler according to NBA.com's tracking stats. Opponents shot just 35% on 176 possessions against Suggs in pick and rolls. Teams learned very quickly not to go pick and rolls. In fact, more advanced data shows just how good Suggs was at navigating screens. You watch a lot of tape, you see how good he is at chasing things down and making plays in pick and rolls. He ranked in the top quarter in the league, according to Basketball Index, in ball screen navigation and off-ball chaser, according to their metrics. The number that they give is kind of hard to explain, so I'll just I'll just leave it at that. At the end of the day, when you look at Suggs, you look at a player who is a strong defender. He rated uh, he was rated among the best in the league in steals, uh, best in the league in loose ball recovery rate. If there's a loose ball by him, he's going to get it. Um, creating bad, creating bad passes that he could steal, creating loose balls that he could steal. He breaks highly in deflections. I believe he led the team in deflections last year. Um, this is a guy that is active with his hands and active in passing lanes. He makes things happen defensively. This is not to say Suggs is a perfect defender quite yet. His individual defense, uh, especially in isolation, when he was put in isolation, um, is still a bit suspect. The Magic really kind of used him. If you watch a lot of their tape, the Magic really kind of used him as a free safety in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, the, I've kind of described that's how they use Jonathan Isaac a lot uh, under Steve Clifford, but they kind of used him as a free safety in a lot of ways where he would guard uh, a Matisse Thibel, for for instance, instead of a Tyrese Maxey, and just kind of roam around a little bit and, and kind of leave his man a little bit uh, and be able to get into those passing lanes and create that havoc, and especially considering they were expecting the Magic to do a lot more switching and have a lot more switching defenses. Suggs' ability to kind of blitz screens, Suggs' ability to chase down screens, Suggs' ability to kind of be to, to move wherever he's needed is going to make him a really valuable defensive player. I, I put all these numbers out there just to say Suggs, there is a reason to still believe in Suggs. Even if Jalen Suggs becomes a smaller Marcus Smart, that is still a really valuable role player. 
Now, he obviously has to add the shooting element. He has to become a better shooter. He can't be shooting 20% from beyond the arc and survive in today's NBA. That's, that's, that's going to be something that he has to, has to develop and has to improve on. And again, he is back on the court. There's been uh, photo and there's been video of him on his Instagram page, back on the court playing pickup basketball again after his ankle surgery this offseason. So it seems like he is at full go. This puts the mat, this put this puts Suggs in a really good spot. And obviously Suggs has a lot to work on and a lot to improve on. But the Magic can bank on his defense. The Magic know what they will get from him defensively. And after a rookie season like this, that's really, really valuable. Now, what does that mean for his starting spot? That is one of the bigger questions facing the Magic this training camp. We're going to preview that question coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. I know that they have the over-unders posted for Paolo Bancaro's rookie season. Last I checked, it was 17.5 or 18.5 points per game and about 8.5 rebounds per game. You can bet your over-unders there. They'll have win totals up soon as well. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So, you know, obviously the Orlando Magic have a super young team. And, and, and I think that, I think that there is, I think the team, I wouldn't call it like an identity crisis, but I think the team is going to be really debating over the first half of the season, especially what their goals ultimately are. Now, obviously uh, I know I've sat here in this chair and said it this and, and phrased the goals for the season this way. Um, this season is not necessarily about the win total. It is about wins and losses. I want to make that distinction. But it is not about the win total. It is not about making the play-in tournament yet. It's not about making the playoffs quite yet. It's not about reaching some arbitrary win number. But it is about winning more. And it is about learning how to win more. And so the question that the Magic will face, honestly, I think for much of the season, is... How do we define this goal? Like, how do we hit this goal? What is the best way to develop the young players on our roster, but also to teach them that winning is important, that winning matters? And, and it's going to be a difficult balance. And obviously, injuries will be thrown into the mix too, so it won't just be that. But this is going to be a, a fascinating season to watch how the Magic manage things. 
Now, last year, the Magic had one of the best starting lineups in the entire league, that, or, or, or at least for the first quarter, first half of the season. The Magic had one of the best starting groups in the entire league. And in fact, the Magic's typical starting group, it, it ended up not being that way, but the Magic's t- uh, ideal starting group from last season, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter, Mobamba, had a net rating of minus 1.8 points per 100 possessions. Now, that is not good. Do not get me wrong there. But considering the Magic had an overall net rating of minus 8, uh, 8.2, I think, minus 8.2 points per 100 possessions, um, considering this was their most used lineup and the lineup that went up against most of the best teams in the league, best groups in the league, um, and spent most of the season or spent a good part of the early part of the season, at least, as one of the best lineups in the league, the Magic had something in that starting lineup. Uh, you know, I, I I don't think we can we can completely ignore that. Or, or the Magic had a lineup that at least pointed to something successful and pointed to something that works. Now, obviously, things are going to change. We're expecting that Paolo Bancaro will start and Mobamba will move to the bench. Um, you know, certainly four uh, Markel Fultz will enter the fold and, and probably start instead of Cole Anthony. So. That lineup is probably not the lineup we're going to see now. I think we will see that lineup at some point during the season, and obviously injuries will play a role there too. Uh, but, um, you know, there, there's a few things that we know. We know that Orlando's depth last year just didn't have the talent to really sustain themselves, and again, super young bench as well. Uh, but on top of that too, we know that this, there's going to be change. Um, and, and right now, for the five starting line, starting, I think you could put in pen for the five starting spots. I think Marco Fultz is going to be the starting point guard. I know there's a few people outside of the Magic uh, community that do not does not think Marco Fultz is going to start. That 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 should probably stop. He is very very good. Um, again, there there's definitely some questions. I'm not saying he's a point the point guard for the next ten years, but he's a very good player. He's he's the best point guard on the team, and I don't I don't think it's particularly close at, at this juncture, at least from what we've seen. Um, Marco Fultz at the one. Franz and Paolo will take the two forward spots, and Wendell Carter will probably be the center. That leaves the shooting guard spot as the big question mark. Um, In a typical rebuilding situation, that would go to Jalen Suggs, and you wouldn't think twice about it um, because Jalen Suggs needs the time. And and at the end of the day, you want to put your future on the floor. You want to get your future on the floor as much as possible, and Jalen Suggs is a big part of this team's future, at least as this team is currently constructed. But that may not be the lineup that helps you win. Because again, this this season is also about learning how to win. And I know I'm a proponent of this. I know there are several other people who are proponents of this too. The Magic need more veteran presence. The Magic can't stash all their veterans on the bench. They need shooting in that starting group. And so one of the big training camp questions, and, and a question that probably won't get answered until opening night, just like it did last year, uh, and I know I sat here last year and made all these same points, is whether Gary Harris is going to start. Um, again, we don't have any data because Paolo Bancaro is a rookie, um, but but uh, Gary Harris is definitely a real candidate to start this season, or start this season at the two, instead of Jalen Suggs. It gives Jalen Suggs the opportunity to come off the bench, play against weaker opponents, kind of work on his offensive game, Gary Harris gives the Magic a floor spacer and shooter, um, as well as a solid defender. Now, obviously, a lot of this depends on how much Jalen has improved in the offseason. Um, again, he has, his offseason was cut a little bit short by the ankle surgery that he had early early on. He did not play summer league because of that, but he's back on the court playing playing now. 
Um, so we'll see how much better he can get. And obviously, experience is going to help him out a lot too. I do think we will see a much more improved Jalen Suggs. And I think this is a battle that's going to have to play itself out, not only in camp, but through the course of the season. I do think that the Magic will probably end up starting Gary Harris because they want to set up both lineups for success. Um, that doesn't mean Jalen Suggs wouldn't be the first guy off the bench to join the starters for a five-minute stint or for for however long before they bring in Mo Bamba, before they bring in some of the other players off the bench. Um, he'll obviously have Jonathan Isaac next to him. So again, you're looking at a bench unit that could potentially be Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Isaac, and Mo Bamba. Um, that's, that's, that's not going to be fun for a lot of bench units around the league. So, you know, I think there's, there's that balance at play too. At, at the end of the day, um, finding the right starting lineup, it's going to be a little bit of trial and error. Um, and again, all of it is theoretical at this point. It's just about understanding and figuring out who your five best players are. Um, but this Magic team has a lot of lineup potential, and and, and, and that part's really exciting. Um, the fact that we could say, like, hey, you could start a, a group with Jalen Suggs and Gary Harris. I mean, if Jonathan Isaac's super healthy, and I don't think Jonathan Isaac will come off, the, I don't think Jonathan Isaac will start uh, early on, but... Why not run a lineup or try try out a, a funky lineup with Franz at the two and just switch Paolo, Franz, and, J- and J.I. all the time? Like, why why go conventional? Um, but, again, it's it, it, it does feel like Jalen Suggs and Gary Harrison. Again, I don't mean to pit two guys against each other. I'm already seeing this happen. I'm seeing people say, oh, the Magic need to trade one of these players. And, and we may get to that point. But the last thing we should be doing at this point is pitting players against each other. Yes, there are spots in the rotation, spots on the roster that require competition, but it's not either It's not either or, it's both and. Um, and that's really, really important to note too. The Magic have a ton of weapons. The Magic have a ton of, thing, a ton of things they can try. And, and, and I think that's what's really exciting about the lineup potential for this roster is there are a lot of players that I really want to see play, and I think the Magic should be at least nominally comfortable playing at this point, uh, but it's figuring out the right combinations to help them win and succeed and putting everyone in positions to succeed. And obviously last year, I don't think the Magic were able to do that as much because of injuries, because of just the lack of depth on the roster, um, and because of a, a whole bunch of, of other factors. Um, obviously, there's there's a lot still to work, and I didn't even mention Shuma Okiki, who could easily be in that mix too. Again, there, there are options on this team, but when you get back to the shooting guard position, when you get back to looking at what the Magic have uh, at the two guard, they've got choices. They've got decisions to make. And, and obviously, Jalen is someone the Magic are heavily invested in. The Magic invested a, a big-time draft pick in him. And, and again, whether whether he pans out or not, it was still the right pick with all the information they had at the time. There's, there's no—I I, I mean— Y'all know how I feel. I, I feel like you have to evaluate drafts with the information you have at the time. Um, Suggs, was, Suggs was really good. I don't think anyone, I think people would have looked at Magic sideways as good as Giddy has been. Um, and, and Josh Giddy had a better rookie year than, than Jalen Suggs, but I think people would have looked sideways at the Magic for taking Giddy over Suggs. But then again, you're justified in the end by the results uh, of how the player turns out. Um, I'm excited to see what Jalen Suggs does this year. I think that at, by the end of the season, he should push his way into the starting lineup. Uh, but obviously there's there's a long way to go and, and a lot of speculation, a lot of thinking that has to be done. Uh, I want to preview a little bit about um, our shooting project that's coming up, and we'll start that on the podcast next week a little bit. Uh, I want to preview that a little bit and, and what goes behind what went behind that coming up here after I pause for the ad read on the audio podcast. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So it, it being August, um, there's not a lot going on. You know, we're on our summer schedule three times a week now, unless something happens. You know, we're waiting for the schedule to come out. The uh, Advent Health uh, Training Facility, actually, I think is set to open Monday to the public. Um, I may even slide down there and, and check it out because I'm, I'm very eager to see it as well. Uh, but, uh, but we know that the Magic will be practicing in the Advent Health Training Facility and the new practice facility uh, come uh, come training camp. Uh, I, I do actually have that confirmed. So the Magic are set to move into their new building. It's very, very exciting. It looks very, very nice. And I'm, I'm, like, I'm excited to see what it looks like too. Um, but it's August. We're in the dog days. You're probably seeing on other Locked On podcasts or doing other history projects. Um, I know our friends at Locked On Heat are re-watching the 2006 NBA Finals. Um, if you haven't listened to it, Locked On Celtics did a great retrospective on Bill Russell on Monday. I highly suggest listening to that. Again, John Corrales, uh, the host of Locked on Celtics, literally wrote a book on Celtics history. That guy knows that knows that story team as well as anyone out there. Um, so definitely give that a listen. But, um, you know, I, 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 I'll do a formal introduction to the series, but uh, the thinking behind doing this series is that shooting is more important than ever uh, in the NBA. Um, it is... It is essential to success. The top teams in the league all shoot well. The teams at the bottom of the league do not. The Magic finished 28th in the league last year in three-point field goal percentage. You could figure out where they finished at the end of the day. Whether you like this style of basketball, whether you like the way the NBA is being played now, this is the reality. And it is a trend that has been growing and growing and growing really for the last almost 30 years. Um, you know, the NBA introduced three-point shot in the 1979-1980 season, and nobody really used it for that first decade, almost decade and a half. And then suddenly there was an explosion of three-point shooting. Um, I detail this a little bit uh, in the post that's up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com right now. We'll, we'll go over it on, on a show next week, talk about the early days of the Orlando Magic's relationship with three-point shooting. But the reason, but uh, obviously how important shooting is, we talk about it so much, it felt like this was a good time to kind of take a step back and think about and talk about who the best shooters in Magic history are and what the Magic's relationship is to the three-point shot. The Magic, as I as I argue all the time, are essential to the story of the three-pointer. They are an essential player in the development of the three-point shot as a weapon, as the weapon of choice in the league. Whether it was Dennis Scott, who you know kind of invented the pull-up jumper, the pull-up three-pointer in transition, the Pujit, um, you know when he convinced Bobby Kremens like, hey, this is a good shot for me. Let me let me let me spot up for three in transition instead of going to the basket. That changed the game. And Dennis Scott helped really reshape the Magic's offense even in those early years. The 1995 Orlando Magic team was kind of a breakthrough with 
you know, three three-point shooters surrounding Shaquille O'Neal and Penny Hardaway, Nick Anderson, uh, and Dennis Scott, and then eventually Horace Grant also extending out to about 18, 15 to 18 feet. They began to toy with spacing, but, you know, really give credit to the 1995 Houston Rockets. They led the league in three-point three attempts per game the year that they won the title in 1995. It was an essential aspect of their game, and they won game one because they could hit threes in a way that no other team in the league could. Um, not because of anything else that happened in game one of the 1995 NBA Finals. Um, we still don't like you, Kenny Smith, sorry. Um, the 2009 Orlando Magic were a team that showed the rest of the league how potent the three-point shot could be. In a league that still said shooting teams cannot win in the playoffs, the Orlando Magic proved them wrong uh, by making the finals, by forcing the Lakers into being a three-point shooting team as well, and opening the floodgates to this new wave of analytics and ideas about what efficient three-point shots were. Like I said, the story of the Orlando Magic is essential to the story of the three-pointer. It is a critical part of the story. And again, like I would say there's a direct line between, from, the, from the seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns that use three-pointers uh, in, a, in a fascinating new way to the Orlando Magic, to the Golden State Warriors, and, and to the way the modern NBA game is played. In a lot of ways, the way the league is played today does not exist with the experimenting that the Magic did, as conservative as the Magic's coaching was, and Matt Gukas and Brian Hill in the early years, and as aggressive and uh, progressive as the coaching was with Stan Van Gundy, the NBA does not develop the way it does without the success that the Orlando Magic had from beyond the arc. And that's why I think at this juncture, and, and with the downtime that we have before the season, it's a good time to examine and really celebrate this history the Magic have with the three-pointer. And so we're going to name the best shooters in Orlando Magic history on orlandomagicdaily.com, as well as tell stories, like the ones I just hinted at today, tell stories about the Magic and their relationship with the three-point shot. Up on orlandomagicdaily.com right now, we'll talk about it uh, in next on a podcast next week. I, have a, I tell the story about what the league looked like when the Orlando Magic entered the league and how the Magic were one of the teams that helped really change the league and help them embrace the three-point shot. We're really excited about this series. We have a whole staff at OrlandoMagicDaily.com submitting their, their list for the top 10. And of course, you can still vote in our poll. I'm going to probably take the results tonight, uh, Friday night. Uh, I, may, I may fudge that and wait till Sunday, but we'll, we'll be, we'll be recording, recording the results of our poll uh, very, very soon and coming up with our final list of the top 10 shooters in Orlando Magic history. Or uh, top 10 plus. I don't know how many we're going to actually name. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. I apologize for coming out a little bit late here on a Friday. But we want to thank you again for listening to today's show. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore md. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places. Download the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. And, for, and don't forget to check out the latest episode of Locked on NBA. It may be the offseason, but Locked on NBA is still going strong with stories and analysis from across the league as we get through this dead part of the season. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily, Locked on Magic. Another episode of Locked on Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.